Thank you for tuning in to the Practical Preservation Podcast. Please take a moment to visit our website, practicalpreservationservices.com, for additional information and tips to help you restore your historical home. If you've not done so, please subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud, and also like us on Facebook. Welcome to the Practical Preservation Podcast, hosted by Danielle and Jonathan Kepperling. Kepperling Preservation Services is a family-owned business based in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, dedicated to the preservation of our built architectural history for today's use as well as future generations. Our weekly podcast provides you with expert advice specific to the unique needs of renovating a historic home, educating by sharing our from-the-trenches preservation knowledge and our guests' expertise, balancing modern needs while maintaining the historical significance, character, and beauty of your period home. Today on the Practical Preservation Podcast, I have uh, Mike Kennedy with me from uh, Lower City Joinery. Thanks for joining us today. No problem. Or me. <laughs> I, 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 I tend to talk about myself in the plural. <laughs> So tell me about your background. Um, my background, um, I guess, like geographically, I've sort of, uh, I've lived all over the country. Um, I grew up in small town-ish Saskatchewan, um, a prairie town. Um, moved around a bit to, uh, when I graduated from high school, I moved off to Vancouver. Um, met my wife there and she went to Japan and I went to Montreal. Um, did some university in Montreal, and Montreal is where I got my first woodworking job. Um, okay. And I started an art framing, um, and then we moved to Toronto. Um, and from Toronto, we were there for about eight years when we moved uh, to Hamilton. Um, professionally, I've uh, run the gamut. I've been a baker, an art framer. I worked in new build, new build window and door manufacturing. Um, and then it was once we moved to Hamilton and I started my own business that I began to get into heritage woodwork. Okay. I, I, I had like, like three thoughts when you were going through that. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I know about, uh, was it Saskatchewan? Yeah. Saskatoon. I know about that. Cause there's a Hulu show with the, oh, yeah. Yeah, so that's, that's the only reason I even knew that name. <laughs> and then, uh, but I, 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 right out of high school, went into culinary went to culinary school so i was a baker for several years so awesome I, yeah <laughs> and then yeah when you were um when you were um w- window and door manufacturer were you manufacturing for like norwood or lowen no no oh, okay. it was like okay. really like top-notch like high-end oh, okay like custom it was yeah. all full custom yeah yeah okay i was just i was just curious um I, I i get curious <laughs> yeah. okay well very good and so um what um you said that you started your own business once you moved to hamilton why did you choose like classical woodworking based on like all the other experiences that you had had um i well okay so i I got interested in classical woodworking i guess when i was still living in vancouver Mm -hmm. um i was just a hobbyist right and you know i was i was young i didn't have a ton of money living in uh you know shared houses with people um there's no reason to get you know, I, I watched a lot of, uh, you know, like this old house and yeah. you know, workshop kind of stuff and home improvement things. And um, they were really heavily focused on machine woodworking. Mm-hmm. And that was really not practical. 
right. um, for my situation. Um, so as cool as I thought it was, and I was interested in it, um, it made a lot more sense to invest in a few saws and mm -hmm. chisels and um, just kind of get into it. That, so I kind of just came into it because it, that's what I could do. Right. Um, and then I think I, I discovered uh, Royal Underhills, the, the woodwork shop, and that just gave a, a really great foundation to the, the whys of, uh, of why things are built in such a way. Um, you know, you, you only have to assemble so many IKEA dressers to recognize that <laughs> maybe things were done better in the past. Right. Um, and it just kind of made sense. Um, I like things that uh, I like things that last, right? It's uh, sort of, uh, you know, you don't like things that are temporary <laughs> and, and become right. disposable. So kind of leaning into that. Uh, really, when we moved to Hamilton, I was only I was interested in starting a window and door shop. I was not interested in heritage at the time. Okay. Um, I did not enjoy working in old buildings. Oh. Uh, I thought they were cool. I thought they were beautiful, but they were a pain in the ass. Right. Um, because just you know, for all of the reasons that yeah. it's a, a special skill um, mm -hmm. dealing with you know a foundation that has you know settled. Yeah, the shifting, years. the nothing right. square, nothing yeah. plumb. Right. Um, there's been so many bad decisions made along the <laughs> way. Um, so many layers of drywall. You never know if you're gonna hit a stud. Right. Um, you know, trying to fix something. Um, so you know, I found it really frustrating. Um, but we just we kind of got steered that way. I was asked in um. Um, when was it? In 2013, uh, to sit on a panel. Um, it was a speaking series hosted by the Hamilton Burlington Society of Architects. And they wanted to, uh, the topic was um, was the importance of using local craftspeople. Mm. Um, and, you know, kind of the gist of that is local people right. understand like important things like the weather and so what materials are most appropriate. Right. Um, and, uh, some really basic stuff like that and you know then the importance of working with with trades people directly and not just sort of you know ticking boxes in a catalog right um and it was during that uh panel that i the a couple of the other fellows on the panel were were in heritage and the woman hosting it was uh was worked to work for the city um in heritage and so i kind of I, that's where i began to get really exposed to the ideas mm -hmm. of, of restoration and what was right. possible and some jobs kind of started to come our way. I was like, okay, I'll give, I'll give this one. <laughs> I was definitely reluctant at first, but, right. um, you know, the more we were exposed to it, the more kind of kind of came to it. There's, there's a small pool of people who, who do this work. Right. Um, and particularly in our region, uh, there's not a lot of people. Um, and so the city of Hamilton has has to kind of like work through all of us, right? Yeah. They, you know, they don't want to be seen to be like focusing and favoring. Right. So um, they were happy to start very carefully <laughs> putting projects my way. Um, they really were testing me <laughs> for sure. Right, right. Um, you know, giving me some pretty minor projects to begin with, but then yeah. they started to kind of build from there. Mm -hmm. So we've had a great relationship. So do you, is the, um... And, and I, this is one of the questions I'll ask later, but or what we, we can talk about a little bit now is your work like public, public and private entities or oh yeah. for sure yeah 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 yeah, yeah. we're uh, we, we run the gamut you know okay. it's really fun to to get yeah. get into that private or to the the public stuff um you're you, once you're working it's really fun to work with architects 
and uh, designers and, um, and that sort of thing. Like they, they really bring um, more to it than, than I can bring on, on my own, right? They, right. They, they, they think about this as much as someone in my position does. Um, and so they've got some real ideas about how right. something should be handled. And, yeah. and I, I really appreciate that. Yeah, and I, I think I, there's, I, there's, I think we, we do both public and private too, and there's benefits to both, but, <laughs> but if, you yeah. know, it's, it, it's, 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 um, yeah, they both have their own challenges. I, I, yeah. I, I think at least based on my experience, the usually home, like private, they maybe need a little bit more handholding, but then there's so much more bureaucracy on the public side that like, yes. I'm, I drowned in paperwork. <laughs> <laughs> I really, I love working with homeowners too. It's, it's yeah. uh, they're so enthusiastic. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, they're often, um, you know, they will have a door that they've just tolerated for 30 years that's falling apart and they can't get rid of it. They can't replace it with a stainless right. steel door or, you know, just another vinyl atrocity. Yeah. Um, and when they find out that someone can take their door and bring it back yeah. in several weeks and it's looking and working the way it should, yeah. you know, it blows them away and they're, uh, they're pretty grateful. Yeah, we, we have those experiences too and i'm sure people who who restore things do because we'll walk in and they're like we need a new door i'm like you don't need a new door i mean if you want a new door you can get a new door but you oh, don't need that, one <laughs> yeah and that always throws people for a loop we get that with windows all the time it's, oh uh, yeah doors yeah. that they they kind of they wanted to have them restored windows they it hasn't even occurred to them um, yeah yeah, I think that, yeah, all the marketing that's gone into window replacement. Uh, <laughs> it's the worst. It's it absolutely is. the worst. Yeah, yeah. So how did you start your business? You moved to Hamilton and then you you just kind of started getting jobs or? Uh, pretty close. I, yeah. I moved to Hamilton and I did have a job. Um, it's funny, when you live in Toronto, it's, uh, you know, it's the biggest city in, in Canada. And yeah. so you, you don't have a very clear idea of what <laughs> what the, what's it's like outside of that bubble oh yeah um and i thought i got i did get a, a job at a shop that was between hamilton and toronto but i did not realize that it was so close to toronto i was driving to the edge of toronto every day oh goodness yeah it was a three hours of commuting in, in a day if there was no accidents and no traffic uh, you know yeah. there was some pretty ugly days so um that wasn't gonna fly um so i just started uh like jobbing around town doing like you know kind of any you know even just handyman stuff yeah um and then a few months into that a friend um had a building and he uh suddenly had a tenant and and so he needed a facade and, okay. and so we sat down um and designed a facade mm -hmm. uh, basic structure of how that was going to go and we moved um, all my tools up onto the second floor of this building and just started pounding it out. Um, that went really well. It was great. Yeah. Uh, people were really happy to see, you know, like a, a proper facade, something that right, was. Right, right. Was it like a storefront or? Yeah, storefront. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah, a storefront, um, you know, with like a nice display window, mm -hmm. nice doors to get you in, yeah. um, and, and a little bit of like dynamism. You know, it, yeah. it was, uh, it looked good. Um, and it wasn't just sort of, it wasn't just like pulled out of dimensional lumber. Right, right. And that makes all the difference. It really does. Um, and it wasn't just another like, uh, aluminum or steel storefront. It's uh, mm -hmm. just all fashioned and just right. bland, bland, bland. Um, and so from there, uh, I 
the fellow who owned that building, he was uh, he had a squash farm <laughs> up at the family farm <laughs> uh, that uh, he had a friend moving into. Uh, a friend was coming back from uh, from out of province, and he was going to use that as a studio. And I managed to wheedle my way into that, um, and that was me for a year and a half or so. Um, and then uh, we made a big leap downtown. You know, we kept what we were doing a lot of cabinetry, um, some furniture, and the occasional door and, and window, but mm -hmm. I'm really focused on, on doors and windows as, as, as the primary um, output of, of the business. Um, but yeah, then we, uh, we moved into uh, downtown Hamilton. There's a historic building. It's not because downtown, it's the North End Industrial, the original industrial area of Hamilton. Uh, we moved into a 1900 um, factory, just a, a big old, uh, it was the site of the Imperial Cotton Factory. Imperial okay. Cotton Center, is that what it was called? Um, and so it's, you know, like we've got 14 foot ceilings, we've got 12 foot windows, um, like the whole wall is completely windows. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, it's an amazing space. So now- Oh, that's great. Light, light in a shop is the best. Oh God, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is actually our second shop in yeah. the Cotton Factory. Um, and the previous one, it was, not ideal it was you know a third the size it was on the second floor um so getting oh getting materials and then getting everything after it's done out oh my goodness <laughs> yeah it was yeah. ridiculous um and we did not have the best light so yeah um i think like in the 80s the government was giving incentives to like these larger and decommissioned factories or semi-decommissioned factories to um insulate their windows so essentially uh, up, yeah um, with some sort of fiber insulation um, and that's what my shop was. It, it was, I was there for more than a year before I managed to convince them to pull off. Uh, right. Please, please pull off. Can we, can we open some windows? <laughs> yeah. Our, our old office was in, um, and the shop was there too, but the shop had windows that open, but the office part, somebody had thought it would be fancy to put, you know, modern insulated windows that don't open just full light, you know? Oh, wow. And then the air conditioner wasn't great. So it was miserable in there. It was miserable. It was like an oven. <laughs> I'm like, so that's, so that's my number one requirement. Like we have to have windows that open. People probably think I'm crazy, but it's my, it's one of my rules. <laughs> so um, who are your, um, who are you? We talked a little bit about who your clients are, but then what geographic areas do you serve? Um yeah, uh, we we mostly serve uh, the Hamilton region. So we uh, we go to Toronto sometimes. Um, we go south to Niagara sometimes, um, but we're pretty focused on Hamilton. Hamilton is it, it's an old town, so there's lots and lots of work here. Um, we've sent doors um, to to Quebec, you know, to and we've sent doors or we're about to send doors um, to Saskatoon. Which is uh, I find hilarious. Um, but it, what's interesting about that, I guess, is that there's no one there doing it. Um, right. Doing this kind of work, you can't get. It's a heritage property at the University of Saskatchewan, and the doors are, are rotting, and they're just replacing them. And they, but they want them replaced properly. Um, and there's no one locally who can like you know, match profiles mm -hmm. and you know, just get it right. And right. So. We're having to ship them. Um, how far is it? It's about five thousand kilometers. 
um, which is seems absurd to me. I can't believe that there's no one there. That could that could do it. That could replicate a door. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that is, but but we find that too. We travel yeah. regionally for for work too because there are a limited number of people that that do it. Probably more than than you have, but we still it's a limited number. So we do. We find ourselves traveling too. But is it when you, like, if you're building the doors, do you just ship them to them and then somebody else installs them? When it's out of province, we, we, we yeah. build and ship. Um, we've traveled, um, you know, five or six hours out of town and uh, sort of stayed at someone's yeah. cottage. Uh, and when we were doing uh, restoration work there, um, you know, we went up and pulled all the windows and then we went back up. <laughs> once yeah. Yeah. And that's, yeah, that's, I think, one benefit uh, that we have, too, is that even if we're working away, oftentimes they can bring things back, work on it, and then take it back so they don't have to live there. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, um, and I guess we kind of touched about on this a little bit, but what makes your, your business different than, than, like, the other businesses that you're around? Right. It's, uh, this is one I always find, I find tricky. Um, mm -hmm. But I think that we are we're really like, we're genuinely interested in heritage yeah. and in, I think more so just in good woodwork. Right. Uh, I, you know, this is, is a real problem in the business is that I am not a businessman. That is not, <laughs> not um, I'm very interested in doing good work. Um, right. And so that's, uh, so we're able as like, as a whole shop to, to really discuss things. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, it's, you know, you're in heritage, you understand this, it's, yeah. your shop is a bit of a lab. Yeah. Um, this stuff isn't written down in manuals. Um, so you've got a lot, there's a lot to figure out. Um, mm -hmm. And that's fun, right? That's yeah. a, that's one yeah. of the things that's really cool about, yeah. about this sort of thing. It's not just, um, so much of contemporary building is just following the manufacturer's instructions. It is, yeah. And that's so boring. Um, <laughs> and it has like really led to a degradation of the, the trade. Right. Right. Was a, a time when you know, being a carpenter. Yeah, I've heard um, I've heard it described as you know, like after after World War II when the building industry really changed, that um, they they developed everything to become be just or er, the trades to become product installers. Yes. Right. And rather than having to understand how the whole building works together and how every all the systems are all interconnected. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, and, and so when I heard that, I'm like, that that made complete sense to me. It was like a light bulb. That's exactly it. Yeah, yeah, that's sort of you know that level of manufacturing that kind of came out of out of wartime. And right. Firing. Well, products. but and it, and you know it, it made a lot of good factory jobs for people, but you know we're, then it it also created a very disposable society that we're still you know they're you know that we're still living in now. The entrenched. Yeah. 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 So I I I I think that I think that living you know that I think that it going back to when things were built to last and we didn't just expect everything to be, you know, almost free so that we could just, you know, replace it when it breaks. <laughs> there was an expectation that things would be repaired. Right. Like, yes. You know, yeah. We were actually, yeah, my husband and I, this morning when we were having breakfast, we were just talking about that because I, I needed to get something fixed. And I'm like, you know, this should be able to be fixed. Like, <laughs> yeah. it, I lose my mind when yeah. something breaks. And then I can't get it fixed. It's right. the, or it's, it, I can't find a local repair person. It's got to be shipped out of province. And it's like, are you kidding me? 
Right. Fix this. This expensive. (laughs) Um, And they just want you to get a new one because that that's better for them. (laughs) And it's uh, yeah, and it does just lead to this whole idea of disposability and and replacement. You know, the the idea of maintenance free, right? Yeah, there's no such thing. No. Um, (laughs) And and the builders of the past were they were thinking that you know this bottom rail might need to be replaced in eighty years, a hundred years. Right. They were prepared <laughs> that their work would outlast them and that when it did fail, someone could replace it. Right. Replace that part. Which, uh, yeah, which and, and that's my other like big thing within that I, I'm trying to, to highlight more and more. But that that intersection of preservation and sustainability, because it's very yeah. green to be able to repair things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the greenest building is the building that's already there. Right. right? Yeah. So there's yeah. a building nearby, um, and you know, they've won a lot of like you know awards for meeting their lead certification. <laughs> yeah. And, all that. and it's and it they threw away all of the original windows. Oh, yeah. Nothing wrong with the windows. They they needed storms. They could have had storms. Right. Right. That, like to me, that's like that would have been so much more exciting. Right, it might not have like flown in the, uh, in the contemporary architect right. industry um, because it's it's taking it's taking it more seriously, right? It's not just like ticking the boxes of installing, you know, Pella's latest triple right. thing. Yeah. Um, it's it's taking something that's already there. It's not manufacturing something. It's putting the money into the skilled trades. So mm-hmm. it's the skill and, of, and the money staying local. local, yeah. The money stays local. There's just so many ways to, um, to have done that better. So yeah. it's, it's stuff like that. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think that those those certification programs are often very short sighted and look yeah. at look at products rather than the the components of the building. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's something that people can feel good about, but it does, but it just keeps manufacturing going. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And not not a healthy sort of manual labor manufacturing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, uh, tell me about some of your notable projects. Um, okay, notable projects. Um, I think like one of the first things that came to us um, that that was really exciting was uh, it came from the, the city of Hamilton. Um, one of the city's founders or more significant people, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, Sir Alan McNabb. Uh, is that right? What am I get? I'm getting confused. Anyway, the uh, it's at the Dundurn Castle. Um, it's a it's, you know sort of a neoclassical um, mansion, um, prominently you know on the, in the city as you roll into town. Um, and during uh, Canada's centenary, a bunch of money got dumped into uh, mm-hmm. upgrading things and, and fixing what had become run down. Um, and and so a lot of things were uh, replaced. Um, and we were hired to replace a replacement door. Okay. And so we, uh, we were able to go through the whole building, um, and locate sort of the likeliest candidates for original doors. Right. And then we, we replicated profiles for those, um, and kind of incorporated that into the design. Oh, very cool. Photographs or anything. So we were doing our best to reverse engineer what would have been there. And then you know, bring it up to, to higher building standards. Um, it, that's a you know it's a it's definitely a jewel in the, in the city's crown. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dundurn Castle. It's a it's 
as you come into town, you, you can't help but see it. They've got lovely grounds and it's not far from my house. So it's nice to have <laughs> You can walk by and say, I did that. <laughs> and it's, um, it's, it's the door that everyone passes through who yeah. does a tour. Oh, of, very cool. So, so that, yeah. that was pretty cool. Um, another city property is, is the Griffin house. Um, it was built in 1827 and bought in 1834 um, by Anna Rose Griffin, who was an escaped black slave for, from oh. Virginia. Yeah. Um, and it was in his family um, up until 1984. Oh, very cool. Um, and at that time, it was given to the city mm -hmm. uh, to, to take care of. So um, we worked on the door there. Something that had happened uh, maybe in the 90s, they were placed um, the, the upper two panels with glass <laughs> for some reason maybe they were splits in the panels but they replaced those with glass so the first thing that we did um, when we got the door was replace those with right um, and we tried to you know embody our best early 19th century craftsmen um, in replacing those um, then those went back and then really within the year somebody uh, went and kicked the door in Oh goodness! Um, so you know, nothing was stolen. It was just sort of kicked in, and uh, but the door was wrecked. The lock, the lock rail was split. Um, the latch style was broken beyond repair. Oh wait, no, the latch style was fine. Um, that it was just split nicely along the grain, and we could simply oh yeah together. Um, and then the uh, but the hinge style had twisted really badly, and mm. so the fibers were were a mess, and yeah. so that had to be replaced. And that was just, and that, you know, like we were talking about sort of that repairability um, right. of something. It was like I, I drilled out the wedges and pins, slipped off the uh, the style, laid it, laid it out a new style, and slipped it back on, drove my pins and wedges, and painted it. <laughs> right. right. It was, yeah. It was, like we didn't have to get rid of this. We were, you know, we were able to glue things up that could be glued up. Right. Uh, it was a, a small Dutchman repair and then this simple slip off slip on um you know and then we were we worked with um you know, a local uh heritage hardware guy um and he made sure that, that we got at least everything banked rights and um so that was nice it was like one one of the oldest doors that we i think it is the oldest door that we've worked on and um and it's just you know such a cool story with the, that is that is and and that like you said it broke along the grain we um we had we built um, two types of windows that had to get tested at the at a laboratory, and um, for actually it was for a lead project. But anyway, <laughs> but the um, but we we were sitting there, um, and the fixed window, we were like behind the glass and the wind. They were like up to like category five hurricane, yes. and 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 the um, uh, it it started to it started to get. And when, when they stopped everything and they're like, oh, you know, you way surpassed, you know, the, the standards. And they're like, and then they were looking at like the joinery held. The only thing that broke, the grain started, or the wood started to give. And I'm like, well, of course, like the, wood, the wood's more flexible than the joints are. <laughs> so it makes sense to me that if somebody's kicking in the door that, you know, the wood would break along, you know. Uh -huh. yeah, 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 that's funny. So um, what do you wish that you knew when you got started that you know now? Oh, yeah, it's it's just the, the basic business stuff. I wish I yeah. know yeah. just how seriously I needed to take that. Um, when you're building and designing 
and selling everything yourself, it's really, really easy to let the office slide. Yeah. Um, and now we're we're beginning to get that sorted. <laughs> yeah, I I I've, I um, I have I I when I interact with um, contractors that don't have offices, I feel bad for them because I'm like, you work all day and then you still have to go like deal with whatever. <laughs> like I I just I think that would be really hard. So I I I um and you know even even. I even sometimes struggle because I, you know, have so many other different things that I have to do. It's not that I can just focus on, on the business stuff. It's, yeah. When, when it all you know, ultimately falls at your feet, um, it's impossible to not kind of get pulled every which way. Um, yeah. I wish I was able to spend more time on the bench and less time in the office. But yes. <laughs> it's a good sign that the business is is succeeding as, as it is and yeah. so i have to spend yeah. all this time at the desk yeah it's it i think that's hard though especially if that's your passion to give yeah. that to to have to give that up a little bit to be able to focus on stuff that's not as fun <laughs> yeah. yeah so what uh trends or challenges do you see in preservation um the challenge is i think the old one it's uh and it's always going to be there i think that people think new is better Right. Um, I have a, a friend in, in Heritage and she spent a lot of time uh, and money um, restoring the windows in her home. Uh -huh. um, and then a few years later, she, she moved. Right? She got a good opportunity to move to another place. Yeah. So, and the person who bought her house before they moved in had replaced all of the windows, oh. the final casement windows. Um, and it's just tragic. It's yeah. like it, it was. Is. It's so unnecessary. Um, I, I've had the opportunity to to talk with a uh, you know home uh, inspectors and they're like, yeah. you gotta stop telling people <laughs> to replace windows. Right. Um, yeah. You can like, point them to studies that, that show or restoring right. windows. Yeah. All all the reasons that, that we know yeah. um, that you, restoring is better. You're never gonna you're never gonna make your money back and you know you're better off to just no. You're gonna replace them again in seven years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that, that, that's the biggest challenge is just getting yeah. people over that. Uh, yeah, that marketing, and, the, the marketing and, dollars. Ending yeah. that idea so that, that people are talking about that. And, um, I live downtown Hamilton, which is you know an older area, mm -hmm. older part of the city. So people are people I surround myself with are much more open to the idea um, mm -hmm. uh, that old is good, right? They, right. You know, there's a real aesthetic appreciation of the buildings down here. And so I think people, they, they want to know this, right? right. They, they, they're, they're, those are the people who will like stick with their door that isn't working for 40 years. Right, uh, right. You can't imagine getting rid of it. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah. And I also think they probably tend to be more like ecologically minded too. And yeah. yeah. So I think that helps with that too. Yeah. Although some people, you know, that are, geared that way then would think oh we're helping the energy efficiency if they don't really understand so yeah there is a double a double so, edge that there. education yeah. just getting that education out there i think is the yeah. biggest thing um that that's the biggest challenge um in terms of trends i you know and it's counter to that is that i think that we are making some penetration into people's minds mm -hmm. about what is possible um and that we don't have to, to throw things away um things can be restored um and made just as good as, as ever. Right, right. Yeah, and I, I think that I think that the um, the internet helps that. Yep, I think yep. 
being able to find, you know, find like-minded people. I think, you know, it, it, and that's like kind of that double edge too, because then the, the crazies also find each other. So like, <laughs> yeah. everybody finds things they're interested in. <laughs> yeah. I think like uh, to the, to the point of, um, of like you know, the changing idea of what's possible and, and the greater awareness of heritage, there's a block of buildings uh, downtown. Um, they're pre-confederation buildings um, and, you know, just a, a full street wall. Um, it's, it's an area called the Gore. Um, and they, they overlook, you know, the, the little park right, in, right in smack dab central downtown Hamilton. And the company that, the, the development company that bought them had planned to demolish them um, and then, uh, and just build, you know, some sort of you know, newfangled condo. Right. right? Um, and there was a lot of protests. And so the city slowed them down. Um, and then they came back with a plan that incorporated certain heritage elements, which was not very good. <laughs> um, but they've come back once again. And, you know, this company that is you know, primarily interested in making money for, for its shareholders right. uh, is now turning to restoration. Um, so there is a, I think people are beginning to see the value. Like, right, right. Yeah, there's time. a yeah, there's a a building here that there there's a big debate. The hospital, which is you know the biggest employer in the in the city. So of course you know people are trying to you know, oh if we don't let them have what they want. I'm thinking they're not leaving. But anyway, that's, <laughs> yeah. yeah. The um, but uh, there there's the these this bank of buildings that they want to tear down for to build a newer kind of apartment. I I don't even understand what their what their plan is. But um, I was talking about, and I was, I've been thinking about it because I, I, it's in our neighborhood. So, you know, I, you know, I, I, I went over, I looked at the buildings. I'm like, well, yeah, the buildings have been modified, but they're not beyond, like somebody could bring them back yeah. and they, and they're, and they're special. Like they're, it's like two carriage houses and then the tavern that went with it. Oh, wow. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. They're really cool. And um, they're, and I'm just like, they, I think like if they tear it down, it's gone. Like, yeah, it, it, and so if they, if we just slow them down and maybe get them to incorporate it into their design or do something, maybe then, you know, you know, it's, but I think it's that slowing it down because if everybody just gives them a yes and a rubber stamp, and I think that's part of the problem is that they've been kind of allowed to do that in the neighborhood all along. Like they've taken blocks of not, not entire blocks, but they buy building by building. And then they like, oh, we want to do this. And the city has been kind of letting them, but now they're down to these buildings. And I'm like, I don't think you should let them like, and maybe you shouldn't have let them, you know, 15, 20 years ago either. <laughs> yeah. So I, yeah, but I, I do think that there's, it, I, it seems to me that there's more people willing to speak out now that there is a balance between that economic development and 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 then retaining the the built heritage that we have. Yeah, yeah. So, um, is there anything that, as we were talking about, that you um, wanted to share that you didn't get a chance to? Uh, nothing really comes to mind. Okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, very good. Well, thank you. Thank you for joining uh, joining me today. Um, how can our listeners contact you? Um, I guess globally, people can uh, check out what we do um, on Instagram. We're at Lower City Joinery. And um, anyone regionally who wants to get in touch about a project can email me at mk at lowercityjoinery.com. I call, um, I call my husband MK, but that's for Mr. Kepperlin. Uh <laughs> <laughs> 
So anyway, well, thank you very much for for coming on with me today. I, I enjoyed our conversation. Oh yeah, totally, Danielle. And I and I do I do enjoy seeing your your work on Instagram. So. Oh, thanks so much. Yeah, very good. Thank you very much. Okay. Bye bye. Thanks for listening to the Practical Preservation Podcast. The resources discussed during this episode are on our website at practicalpreservationservices.com forward slash podcast. If you received value from this episode and know someone else that will get value from it as well, please share it with them. Join us next week for another episode of the Practical Preservation Podcast. For more information on restoring your historic home, visit practicalpreservationservices.com.